Welcome to Tech in the Right Direction, the podcast. This week, I'll be speaking with Brett Martin. Brett co-founded Kumosface, the new favorite collaboration tool used by over 20,000 remote and hybrid teams. His platform brings businesses virtual offices with customizable environments and interactive features where employees show higher productivity when compared to their in-person counterparts. Welcome to the show, Brett. I'm so excited to have you on our Mentors That Make a Difference segment of the show. Thank you so much for being an ally for women in technology. Tell us more about you. Hi, well, I'm, I'm Brett Martin. I'm the uh, co-founder of Kumo Space. It's a virtual office where remote and distributed teams show up to work every day. And I'm also the co-founder and general partner of Charge Ventures. It's a premium pre-seed venture capital based out of uh, New York City. And then finally, I'm uh, and Moonlight is an adjunct uh, professor of analytics and machine learning at Columbia Business School. Wow, you are busy. Lots of things going on. <laughs> um, so what are some of the critical uh, problems your company is looking to solve for your customers? Well, uh, Kumo Space solves the problem of everyone's working from home and is more productive than ever, but they feel increasingly isolated and disconnected mm-hmm. from their coworkers. And that leads to uh, poor, you know, cross-departmental communication, uh, you know, dropped balls. Uh, it leads to attrition, ultimately, and, you know, unhappy um, employees. And then finally, it makes it pretty hard to manage and figure out how to you know, who needs support and, and how to give it to them. And it's hard to find mentors and support on the other side. So Kuma Space solves those problems by giving uh, remote teams a place to show up and work together. And, you know, a lot of the same benefits you got in the office. Office wasn't just for doing work. It was for socializing. It was for building relationships. It was for getting mentor, mentorship, mentorship. It was for, uh, you know, managing and being, and being managed. So um, that's what Kuma Space solves. That's amazing. I'd love to learn more about how it brings um, employees together and less disconnected, less isolated. That would be really, really great. And I think with the pandemic, now that we have more remote teams than ever before, um, this is so timely. Yeah, we uh, we built Kuma Space to solve our own problem. We have a remote team, fully remote team. And- and we realized that people really liked working together, but they felt disconnected. They wanted stronger bonds and they were having sometimes hard time communicating, you know, across engineering to marketing. And so we realized, wow, mm-hmm. we need to build a better tool for this. And so, yeah, we started working out of our own virtual office and then we decided to start selling it to other folks. That's the best way to create a product because you know the challenges internally that you were facing. And so you're solving for those. And that's great. That, that's really nice. Um, so as you know, this podcast is focused on bridging the employment pay and culture gap for women in technology. What are you seeing in the industry? Yeah, well, it's interesting. My, I wear two hats. You know, I'm the co-founder of Kumo Space, but then I also am a venture capital investor through Charge. Mm-hmm. And so uh-huh. we have a, pretty large percentage. I think it's like almost over 50% of our founding teams uh, have a female co-founder or C-level exec. exec. And so 
I, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know how everyone is finding so many, so few business uh, women owned businesses to invest in because it seems like there's plenty uh, Great. to me. Um, That's good that you're seeing that. We love to hear that. I, I think that remote work is actually a huge opportunity um, for women in the mm -hmm. sense that, you know, women bear a disproportionate share of uh, household activities, mm -hmm. childcare activities, and all these other things. And I think that women have always been doing, you know, two jobs in that sense, but sort of the constraints of going to an office, um, you know, made it made it quite challenging. And it, it ended up pulling a lot of women out of the workforce. And so I think one of the benefits of remote work is the flexibility to be able to do both. I mean, it's not fair that women have to do it, but women, that's never stopped women before. And so mm -hmm. now with the flexibility of remote work, it's just so much easier. You know, you can work from home. We have, um, we just hired a new uh, principal on our team uh, on, at, for the venture capital fund. And, you know, she's on calls and she's got her daughter on her lap sometimes. And, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. it's, that's totally okay. And so, you know, that wouldn't have been possible in an office. Right. And right. So no, I think there's so just a, a massive opportunity. I agree. And, uh, you know, just simple things like the commute, you take out that, you may have taken out two hours of their day, you know, that you've given back to them now to put dinner in the oven or take care of the kids or do whatever extra they need to in, an, in addition to working. So you are so correct on that. Remote work is is really made it a little bit easier. And so many women had left workforce during the pandemic, and we hope to see them all start to come back. A hundred percent. So I actually think they come back, but maybe they come back in a different form or, or to different jobs that are actually yeah. more uh, different jobs and different employers that are more open-minded and amenable about the type of work that, uh, you know, what is required actually to get the job done. Right, right. No, that's so true. Now, you know, thank you for being an ally. Thank you for always supporting women and, and being that voice that sometimes we don't have. What are some of the qualities in an ally that we should look for as we build allyship? We need the support to get us to equity, but also how can an ally support us? You know, it's funny. I feel like it's less about finding people, at least for me anyway, it's mm -hmm. just about finding rational people. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it, mm -hmm. It's less of like a us versus them thing. It's more just like, oh, who is rational and is not is less biased and sees the opportunity? You know, I, I maybe I sound like cold and capitalist about this. No, but like, yeah. For me, I'm, you know, I'm not investing in women because I'm like, trying to solve some social problem. I'm, I'm investing in women because they're smart and they have good ideas. Mm -hmm. right, <laughs> so, right. so, and it helps so your bottom I, line at the end of the day. I mean, that's, you know, what you're investing in. Exactly. So, you know, I, I think personally, I think that there's a whole group of people out there that aren't biased, that are, aren't even thinking about kind of the you know social justice issues and they're just literally looking to like make the best investments do the best work possible mm -hmm. and um mm -hmm. you know that's that's one type of ally obviously there's folks that are crusaders for a cause but then there's a whole other group of people out there that actually just want to invest in the best people possible that's and, right. uh, 
And you know, I, I would say I probably fall under that category. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. That's great. Now you you mentioned the word bias, and you know we all have biases, and I think it starts from how you were raised, right? So they might have some biases that they're not even aware of um, that cause them to think differently than you know the the folks that that don't have a problem with bringing more women into technology. So I think that has to be remembered and considered as we go through finding allies is that if there are bad biases that they need to be aware of them and then work hard to kind of understand them so that you can see this is just because I grew up in this neighborhood or I was raised this way or, you know, whatever, then you can at least kind of decipher why do I think this way? And as long as you have that rational mind, I think you can really, you know, see, see the bias very closely. Yeah, I mean, we all have the our blinders in various spots. So I think it's like less about not being biased. I mean, everyone's biased, mm -hmm. as you pointed mm -hmm. out. It's more mm -hmm. about finding people who are open-minded to the fact that they might have biases. Right. And, right. and uh, you know, are willing to, are flexible enough mentally to, to, to change them, you know? Like the bias, the biases go both ways. The biases, you know, cut in every direction. So it's, mm -hmm. I think it's less about, you know, everyone came from a unique set of conditions and that frames their worldview in a, in a way that probably is not representative of the whole. So it's more about like, are you open to new data? <laughs> yeah. And being open is so important because those new perspectives and those new thoughts are going to help your company and it's going to help your you're, you deal with your customers in a different way because your customers are diverse as well. And so having a diverse workforce and then having a diverse customer base really kind of falls together and you can deal with those customers. You can, um, you can work with them in such a better way once you understand how to do so. Yeah, you know, there's a thing that one of my... Um... Exes taught me that she, you know, she called it listen, listening for the gold. Mm. Um, it's a particular way of listening to people where, you know, a lot of people are listening and they're just like waiting for their chance to talk or they're looking for a mistake or they're looking mm -hmm. for a thing to shut down or they're, you know, they're, they're, they have such expectations that they're, it's, you can't even really call it listening. It's like, they have an agenda you know, already. Yeah. And so I think, you know, listening for the gold is a particular way of listening where you are just looking for the good nuggets. You're looking for the magic that, you know, the truth that is whatever, you know, somewhere in there and whatever someone's trying to say. And so it puts the, the onus, you know, less on the communicator to be articulate, but rather the listener to find the value in what is being said. And, yeah. and yeah. Um, I think that, you know, just having that mindset and applying it to everyone you encounter, regardless of their shape or size or, you know, background or, or privilege or not is, is uh, you know, what I strive toward. I, do I achieve it every day? Probably not, but uh, <laughs> it, it, it is the goal. No, that's great. And really true. It's again, the awareness and the open-mindedness that we need, right? I mean, it comes down to that. Yep. Now, um, what are some of the ways you're, you are an ally to women in tech? Yeah, I mean, you know, like I said, I think it's uh, my, my 
my, you know, from a professional standpoint, it's just that I try to find the best opportunities. And I think women have a lot of great ideas and are building a lot of great businesses. And I guess that makes me a disproportionate investor in, in women, female entrepreneurs. Um, you know, I personally, you know, I, I, my girlfriend is a, uh, you know, very high flying tech executive. And mm. I mean, since we're talking about this subject, you know, I think it's like, it's interesting dating a very type A sort of powerful, mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. you know, woman who, you know, runs a fund that's multiple times bigger than mine. It, it's been interesting. Um, this is veering into the personal here, but it's, okay. um, it's, it's like, there are so many gender norms that I, as a, you know, white guy are just not even aware of, you know, I'm just, it's mm -hmm. like, I just like, mm -hmm. it's like, it, it is the, in the medium, it's in the ambient environment that I grew up in that I, I wasn't really aware of until I found myself in several, like sometimes gender reverse mm -hmm. uh, roles, which is, which has been quite interesting, you know, and I will say it's like, it's not always the most comfortable uh, position to be in, but, um, you know, I think from that standpoint, I just try to be open-minded and empathetic and not dogmatic and not uh, insecure about, you know, sort of th these interactions. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I guess from that perspective, I, I feel like I have a pretty balanced um, take and can see things from both from both sides, both personally and professionally. I love that. I mean, I think that's what we want, right? In everybody. Uh, but not everybody is like that. So that's great that, you know, I, I'm the same way. I mean, I ran a company for 32 years and I never really looked at if I was hiring a male or a female. I always looked at the right person for the job. And it ended up being pretty even, really. <laughs> you know, it wasn't any one way. And so it really is that open-mindedness to think, okay, I'm I'm looking to grow a company. I'm looking to be profitable. I'm looking to serve our customers and those are the key things, right? And so when you find the right person, it doesn't matter whether they're male or female or what, you know, what they are. It really just matters about their thoughts, their processes, their background, their energy, all of those things is what we hire for. So I, I love that, you know, do you think some of it came from your upbringing? Did you have brothers and sisters? And how, how did any of that kind of um, affect you in any way? Um, yeah, I, I was thinking maybe, you know, like you had a very strong, um, you had strong parents that really did not distinguish between men and women and treated you, you and your brothers and sisters the same way. Um, and that kind of brings that open-mindedness and doesn't even give it a thought on your side, but I don't know. I'm, that's why I'm asking. Yeah, totally. I mean, I mean, definitely my parents were very egalitarian and my mom is, you know, very strong sort of has her own, um, mm -hmm. oh, you know, is very independent. Uh, mm -hmm. and you know, my sister's the same way. So mm -hmm. I, yeah, I guess in that sense, it never was that strange to me. <laughs> yeah, no, have, it's true. It's know, like strong, we raised... surrounded by strong women. Yeah, we raise women, girls and boys differently. You know, if you think about it, um, when a girl cries, you bring her in, you hug her and, you know, say it's okay, don't worry about it. And then when a boy cries, it's like, no, 
suck it up, don't cry, you know. It's it's how we raise them too that makes a big impact on our lives later on that we don't even think about. 100%. Yeah, 100%. very interesting. So um, how has your business helped companies during the pandemic and beyond? Tell us how business has changed today after the pandemic. So with your Kumo Space product, how have you helped companies? What are some of the changes that you've seen in those environments? And then is it different than prior to the pandemic? Well, yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, for me, I've um, been sort of running a remote company for eight years. Mm -hmm. um, you know, my, my fund, we had a physical office, but I have a bunch of investors in Europe. And uh, so I was always kind of working out of a plane and working remotely. And, and, and you know, I've been doing video calls for the past uh, eight years, mm -hmm. um, since way before the pandemic. So for me, I always sort of recognized and appreciated and took advantage of the benefits of, mm -hmm. of the, flex the flexibility of, of remote work. Um, and I always saw this opportunity to kind of live my best life, which for me meant, you know, being professionally productive and living wherever I wanted and, and being able to live in beautiful places and be physically active. And like, you know, mm -hmm. I'm actually, we're doing this podcast. I'm in Santa Teresa, Costa Rica right now. Oh, and, uh, awesome. you know, I've already had calls with both of my teams and, uh, you know, an entrepreneur this morning and I got out into the water. So, that's um, awesome. I, you know, I think one of the reasons we started Kumo Space is saw similar, really saw the need was going to be not just kind of for digital nomads, right, which was, had been this growing trend for the past decade, but rather that, you know, remote work was going to go mainstream. Because I think that once you saw from the pandemic, it hit, everyone took a gasp, thought that the world was going to tip over, and then it turned it out. It didn't. And in fact, everyone was incredibly productive. Mm -hmm. You know, you mm -hmm. saw tech stocks go through the roof mm -hmm. and, you know, realize that, okay, well, this isn't going anywhere. You know, we can actually get as much, if not more done for less cost. We can hire best talent all over the world. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we don't have to pay for, uh, you know, expensive off, off, office uh, space. We get mm -hmm. the flexibility of getting to work from home. We don't have to, we don't have to commute. We can spend more time with our, you know, our families. Mm -hmm. um, it wasn't going back and it wasn't going back in the bag. So we know we realized, okay, well, the tooling that we were using to do remote work, you know, mostly Zoom and Google Meets and Slack was not built with remote work in mind, right? It was mm -hmm. built with the idea that you were still sitting in an office. So mm -hmm. it really is good at transactional engagements, transactional, you know, tasks, right? Like if we have a meeting and, you know, Zoom is great, right? But it didn't really solve all the other problems that an office space solves. So, you know, an mm -hmm. office is not just for doing work, it's for, um, you know, socializing, it's for building relationships with your friend or with your coworkers, it's for tapping someone on the shoulder, getting a quick answer, it's for getting unblocked, it's for getting mentorship, it's for giving mentorship, it's for mm -hmm. building culture, having events, um, and, you know, having like small little human interactions throughout the day that build relationships, which, you know, culture sits on top of. So mm -hmm. we said, okay, what if we redesigned work software to facilitate all of, you know, all of those benefits? And that was the origin of Kumo Spaces, you know, a virtual office 
uh, where you can do all the things I just mentioned, tap people on the shoulder, get quick answers, build culture, have self-expression and, you know, um, see your team and, and, and support them. Mm -hmm. No, that's so true. And I'm so glad that you see that the office was so much more than just work because work you can do anywhere, but now you need that human interaction, the water cooler conversations, the, you know, getting up and getting ready and, and mentally getting ready to work. Uh, whereas sometimes, you know, in, in the home, you may just get up and roll out of bed and roll into your desk. I don't know, you know, but um, things are different now. And so people are adjusting and they love this remote work because it gives them that flexibility. I love that you said, you know, you can do the things you love from where you are and from the places that you love and you can still work. It, it doesn't change the work ethic at all. And so that's that's awesome. That's really, really awesome. So um, so it sounds like you're saying remote work is here to stay. And do you think companies are adjusting to this? What are you seeing when you try to sell your product to a, an organization that's considering more of a remote workforce? Yeah, I mean, so I think our thesis is that anything that can be done over the internet will be done over the internet. And a lot of sort of white collar, you know, quote unquote, um, desk jobs can be done at, at mm -hmm. a desk, whether it's in an office or it's at home or it's mm -hmm. at a cafe, right? And so those jobs will be done over the internet, um, which is not to say that there's not value from in-person interactions. Actually, I think if you look at events, uh, you know, post-pandemic, they, they spiked because everyone was just thirsty and deprived mm -hmm of in-person interaction. So we're not saying that there's not value in in-person interaction. In fact, we have a quarterly offsite where, you know, we get everyone together from the company, you know, from, from all over the world together to connect in person. And we mostly just hang out. We do some strategy, mm -hmm. some strategy work. And, but we really just, you know, hang out to sort of build bonds and build informal relationships and build trust so that people work together more efficiently going forward. Mm -hmm. So we just think that the, it's sort of like, um, the, upside down classroom model you may have heard of. So, you know, mm -hmm. instead of spending an hour, you know, all day lecturing students and having them go home and do homework, the idea is that you, you watch the lectures asynchronously and then you come in and you do the homework in the classroom um, and the teachers can provide support. We actually think it's, it's, it actually looks like that remote work, the future of work looks more like the upside down classroom in the sense that people do their work at home and then they come into the office to talk about their work and socialize about their work mm -hmm. and build the informal relationships. Um, that's and great. so, yeah, that, that's, that's our view of the world. And, and we think that right now we're in this kind of liminal trans, transitory period where people don't really know, you know, there used to be one size fits all for work. Everyone did the same job, everything. Mm -hmm. It was nine to five, five days a week, 50 weeks a year. And, uh, every office and job looked the same. Now I think that's smashed. And we realized that, oh, actually, you should have a totally different setup depending on your type of work, your job function, your, your company, your stage of your company, and, or, and your life stage yourself. So you actually mm -hmm. have all these different factors and, and what, what the best optimal work setup looks like looks completely different for different people at different companies, different stage companies and different functions. And I think that, you know, tools like Kumo Space, uh, you know, virtual office is just, you know, one of 
many tools that will facilitate this fragmentation of, of work of work styles. That's great. So tell me a little bit about how that happens in Kumo space. Um, is there like a hangout space? Is there, how are you building those relationships in a virtual environment? Well, so what happened was, you know, when we first started building Kumo space, we um, didn't, you know, it started because we used to throw a networking event once a month for Charge Ventures, uh, my venture fund, and mm -hmm. I would invite a bunch of um, angel investors into our office and then we would share deals. And uh, the pandemic hit and everyone said, Brett, why don't you bring that online? And I said, well, I I don't really want to do a Zoom presentation for 50 of my friends every month. Right. That wasn't the point. Right. The point was mm -hmm. that people would start building relationships amongst each other. Mm -hmm. And um, we realized there wasn't really any tool that let people have synchronous, many-to-many -many conversations online. There wasn't a tool in 2020. It was crazy. Mm -hmm. There was no way mm -hmm. to have a bunch of small groups uh, chatting with each other and fluidly moving between groups. Mm -hmm. And so we built Kumo Space, solved that problem. And we pretty quickly realized there was actually a bunch of different use cases. So people were using it for events. Uh, they were using it for as virtual offices. They were using it for just uh, for education was a big use mm -hmm. case. And they were also using it for socialization. People were having weddings and, and funerals wow. and uh, graduations in Kumo space. And so um, we, you know, just sort of let the market show us where the opportunity was. And, and uh, we, you know, a lot of people were using us for events and, we realized that the problem that they were trying to solve by having, you know, corporate events in Kumo space is they were trying to solve culture. They were trying to solve whatever was missing when we moved from the office mm -hmm. to, you know, work from home, Zoom and Slack. And, you know, they were having these virtual happy hours and they were having these virtual hands and they were, you know, doing it because they were trying to build this kind of culture. And what we realized was that this is a great idea and, and definitely that helped, but in practice, you know, culture was built by the nine or 10 little micro interactions mm -hmm. that you'd have every day as a function of working in a physical office. And it couldn't really be replicated by one, you know, virtual event a month, right? Mm -hmm. And people were, you know, trying to solve something that needed to be iterative and daily with, you know, something that was periodic. Uh, mm -hmm. and, and, and once a month and mm -hmm. structure, you know, and so we realized was, okay, we actually need to build a better place to work, you know, in the metaverse, if you will, mm -hmm. and a place to work on the internet, a place to show up on the internet and a place to feel, to collaborate on the internet. And so we needed a place where, yeah, you could just sit and do your work. You don't need to be talking to someone every second, but then if you needed help, people could easily see that and you could tap someone on the shoulder and instantly be talking. So, you mm -hmm. know, high bandwidth, low latency communication. Mm -hmm. And so that was the idea of Kumo Space. And so, you know, what we have now is we have people are spending six plus hours a day in Kumo Space. Uh, you know, we've got millions of users and, you know, people are spending literally millions upon millions of hours in Kumo Space uh, working every month. They're not always talking. They're not always having events. They're not, right. not always joking around. Sometimes they're just working, you know, quietly uh, in their office. But what's great is that if you're in Kumo space, you know, people can see that you're there. They can see that you, you know, if you need help and they can, you know, you can see everyone else and you can just tap people on the shoulder and get answers to your questions. Um, I love that. And that's, that's a big difference. It's just like a, 
a physical office. Mm -hmm. I love that. I love that you brought that element into the space because really, like you said, there's not a lot of tools that have that or any tool that I know of that has that. So that's awesome. Now, um, yeah, as an entrepreneur, I'm oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, it is no, a new I was way gonna say. Yeah. Um, so as an entrepreneur, um, is there anything that you can think of that you wish you had known when you began your career that you learned over the years? Yeah, I think the biggest one of the biggest le learnings from me is that, that um, you know, I started my fund eight years ago. And when I started, I had never been a fund manager. I had worked with some venture funds, but I'd never been a fund manager. And so I, I wasn't really sure. I, you know, I, I thought, okay, I'm, I'm pretty smart. I'm pretty hardworking. I have, you know, pretty good network of folks. I, you know, I, I think I should be able to find some good investments. But mm -hmm. I, um, you know, it was a leap of faith. And I think I was, it wasn't until eight years later, you know, the venture is a very long game. It takes a lot of time to see if, you know, you're making good decisions or not. And finally, you know, my fund data started coming back. We returned our first fund. You know, we're you know making almost a five x fund, and um, you know my second fund is, is going well. And you know we've got IRRs in the fifties, sixties, and um, and I and I got the data back that said, oh, you know what, you're pretty good at this. And mm -hmm. uh, and then I started saying, oh, you know, I have now I have the confidence, I have the validation, and uh, you know I'm I'm much more confident. And 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 in practice, that was actually just a huge waste of time, mm. waiting, waiting to have you know to be validated by external factors before you know really believing in myself. And so I think you know my single biggest piece of information for entrepreneurs is you know don't wait for the you know for the rest of the world to tell you that you've got a good idea or that you're good or that you're you know you're worth it. Um, you know. Just believe in yourself, and mm -hmm. uh, you know, we're, uh, we're watching the Michael Jordan, uh, you know, documentary, The Last Dance, last night, and you know, mm -hmm. at the end, he literally says, you know, it starts with hope, and mm -hmm. uh, it starts with believing in yourself. And uh, so, my core piece of information is, you know, start with hope, start with belief in yourself. Don't wait for other people to validate you, and just you know, follow through with that. And maybe it'll work, maybe it won't, but you that way, at least you won't waste all this time, you know, waiting around for other people to tell you that you're, you're, you're worth it. And I think um, just to tie it into our, uh, you know, the subject of the podcast, like, I think this is, a, there's a big gender divide here. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, where men, um, I think, are more prone to just, uh, you know, to just jump in and, yep. and believe yep. and do it. The confidence and piece think is that they're huge. great and, you know, have the confidence, uh, mm -hmm. even if it's not warranted. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, women, I think are often, they want to wait till they're experts and they want yep. to have the validation and the credentials and all this other stuff before trying. And I, I think that unfortunately really holds them back because you waste a lot of time waiting for this, you know, validation instead of just attacking your goal. Yeah, yeah. No, I think that's great advice because confidence for women is so critical for success because, we have the qualifications, we have the mindset, we can do it, but we question ourselves, we have to prove ourselves, we have to get validation from others, and that takes a long time. So we hold ourselves back, I think. So that's really, really good advice. 
Yeah, and you know what? Don't even care if you have the qualifications. It's like, just mm-hmm. do it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, because, you know, fake it till you make it is a, is a saying. <laughs> and, and, you know, sometimes you feel like you're doing that when you first start. I owned a business for 32 years. I didn't know anything when I started. But over the years, I've learned, you know, and, and perfected and got better as I went along. So very true, very true. Um, so that I think is is great advice also for women considering a career in tech in the tech industry because you know confidence is a big piece and and just don't wait don't wait for validation just do it just jump in with both feet and do it. So last question for you and this is kind of selfish in a way because I love to travel so I want to kind of understand where is the most favorite place that you've traveled to and why so that I can maybe add it to my bucket list if I haven't been there. <laughs> Ah, uh, you know, I I think I'm approaching 100 countries now, um, so I wow. don't have a favorite place. But one amazing place is uh, San Sebastian in Spain, in the Basque Country. Mm. If you've, mm. you've never been there, I have not, not recommended no. enough. It's, okay, it's an amazing, beautiful little seaside town, colonnaded uh, boardwalk, and um, some of the best food in the world. Literally, I think they have more Michelin star restaurants than Paris oh, in, really? in, in a tiny in a tiny little town. Oh, wow. I am definitely adding that one because I love, I'm a foodie, so I love food. I love to travel. And this sounds like a perfect place to go to. (laughs) That's amazing. So it's in Spain, you said, right? Yep. It's in the Basque country, northern Spain. Great. I love it. Um, Brett, this has been an honor and just such a pleasure talking to you. Thank you for all your support for Women in Tech. Thank you for all that you do with your business to bring remote workers closer together. Um, You're just doing an incredible job. So I really appreciate your time. Thanks again. Thank you so much, Jennifer. It's an absolute pleasure to have the opportunity to talk with you and uh, speak with your audience. And if if I can ever help anyone out, if you're uh, looking for uh, investment, you're starting a company, it's uh, Brett, B-R-E-T-T at charge.vc. And if you're uh, looking for a virtual office for the remote team to show up and work in every day. It's just uh, brett at kumospace.com. Would, would love to hear from you and just mention that you are uh, from Jennifer's audience. Thank you. Great. Thank you. I was going to ask you to share with our listeners how they can get a hold of you. So now you have that. We'll put it in the show notes. And so they'll be able to contact you. Thank you again. I really appreciate you. Thank you, Jennifer. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Tech in the Right Direction. Please take a minute to subscribe or follow so that you never miss an episode. Also, don't forget to like, share, and comment. Thank you. See you next week. From IT skill enhancements to end user adoption training, Directions Training is your resource to help optimize the effectiveness of your technology investments. Over half a million students have taken advantage of our wide selection of technology and business training solutions covering the most popular applications today, such as Microsoft 365, Azure, Windows 10, and more. As a podcast listener, we invite you to take advantage of an exclusive offer. Receive 30 days of free access to our Microsoft official curriculum on-demand courses for IT professionals or end-users. Visit us at www.directionstraining.com slash podcast to claim this offer today. Hurry, this offer is only available for a limited time. 
Success is a journey. Ask for directions.